Jesus today. Amen. Amen. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. Right? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You ever heard that one? He said, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. God's got a plan for your life, right? Here's another reason you need the Word of God. Think about it. Words turn into thoughts. Thoughts turn into emotions. Emotions make our choices. Our choices determine our actions. Our actions de- determine our you know, habits. Habits create character. Character you know, is tied to a definite end result. So in order to get the end that God declared at the beginning, you've got to have the Word that will keep you on track. God's got a plan for your life. James said, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which has the power to save your soul. Your soul is the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. Right? So it takes God's word that changes the way you think, changes the way you feel, which in turn changes the choices you make. Now you're making different choices, so you're performing different actions. You're performing godly actions. You get godly habits. You get godly habits. You create a godly character. You get a godly character. And you're tied to the end that God declared over you at the beginning. So you've got to have the word of God. To get the promise of God. And a lot of people say, well, I've asked God for the promise. I've prayed and God don't answer my prayer. Well, wait a minute. You need, you know, this is a process. You, you, you know, we don't get to live like the devil our whole life and then give God 15 minutes and see what he can do with it. Right? It's like, well, I sowed wild oats and now I'm praying for crop failure. Well, it, you know, it don't work that way. Here's the deal is that, you know, it's a lifestyle. Jesus came not, not to give you a different level of life, but to give you a different lifestyle altogether. A lot of us, you know, we keep dealing with this at a kind of, kind of a secular level. No, this is a spiritual thing. This is a different life altogether. I said this is a different life altogether. And you've you got to take God's word to get God's result. And you've got to sow it. You know, it would be kind of crazy if you took a planter at home and, you know, you go to Home Depot on your way home and you buy the planter and you get some, some bulbs and you get some potting soil. You've got a nice bag of potting soil and you've got a nice bag of bulbs and you've got, you got some little grasses and you've got to make this thing's going to be beautiful. And you get your, your sprinkler system and you set it all out there and you line up the boxes across the porch. And you keep going out there wondering when the bulbs are going to bloom. Well, they're never going to bloom until you take the soil out of the bag and put it in the pot. Then you take the bulb out of the little container and put it in the soil. Then you take your little drip system and you put it around the pot and you get it connected up. And, and there's a process, right? Well, you don't have a book of rules and regulations in your lap. You've got 66 bags of seed. God's word is seed. You're going to sow that into the fertile soil of your heart. And you're going to care for it and it's going to produce fruit. And you're going to get God fruit. God's got a plan for your life. You know, what you need is a vision of that plan. You know, well, you know sometimes these church words, aren't they weird? I need a vision. I'm going to have a vision? Well, some of you might, but reality is you need, you need some insight, a revelation. You need the ability to clearly see what God wants to do in your life. You're going to just, you know, if you would seek God and ask him to talk to you about your life, I'm telling you, he'll be, he, he's not trying to, you know, God's not playing a game with you. He is, he's not hide and seek with Jesus. And, you know, he's sneaking around trying to so you can't find him. If, he, if there's any game involved here, it would be tag and you're it. You know, because he, he put the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now actively at work inside of you. You have the same anointing that was on Jesus. It's on your life. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Holy Ghost power, who went about doing good, healing all. Well, that same power is on you. 
and you can go about doing good, and healing's going to begin to flow from you. The power of the Lord is present with him to heal them. The power of the Lord is present with you to heal them. You've got what it takes to make a difference. I don't know why we get so freaked out. You know, we're always trying to fit in, trying to fit in. Well, if you fit in, then you don't make a difference. God didn't call you to be like everybody else. God has a purpose for you, a plan for you. And, and, and that plan is good because it's, gonna, it's bigger than you. You know, you can go anywhere in the world and you can say, isn't God good? And they say, all the time. And all the time, God is good. The funny thing is, is that most people don't even know what the word good means. God is good. Good means something that gives of itself for, for the betterment of its environment. You know, when God was doing creation, and he looks at me and says, there, there it is, and it is good. You know, he made the sun, right? And he said, and it is good. Well, ask any scientist, and they'll tell you that the sun's actually getting smaller all the time. Why? Because it gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. That's what makes it good. Jesus went about doing good. What does that mean? He gave of himself for the betterment of his environment everywhere he went. You're going about doing good. What are you doing? You're giving of yourself for the improvement of the environment. You're, you're, you're making other people's lives better. See, here's the deal. Is the enemy wants you to think that you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't find God's plan for your life, and he tells you all kinds of stupid stuff that we buy into. You know, why are we so afraid to ask God what he wants to do with our life? I'll tell you why. Because he'll answer. And then all of a sudden, you're accountable. Right? I mean, what a mess that would be if you asked God, what do you want to do with my life? And he said, hello. You know, you know wouldn't that freak you out? You know, well, and the thing of it is, is that God wants, God wants to speak into your life, and you have the ability to hear from God. You know, I know a lot of people, I'm afraid of people who hear from God. I'm afraid of people who don't, because they make stupid choices. And that impacts others, too. You need a God vision. You need a God dream. Not a, not a fantasy but a God-given dream, an understanding of your purpose in life. And God, God's not trying to hide it from you. He's trying to reveal it to you, right? And, and, and there's a difference between a dream and a fantasy. Fantasy does not embrace reality. And a dream does. The dream's not intimidated by reality. It just incorporates reality into the fulfillment of the dream. Uh, fantasy. Fantasy. You know, how many of you guys watch American Idol? Come on, you heathens. You're out there. Okay. <laughs> you know, TV watchers. Okay, we're going to cast that spirit out of you now. No, uh, okay. Here's the deal. You, you know, you get Survivor. You don't, have to, you don't have to be any, you don't have to have any musical ability at all. And, and a lot of times within the first two or three notes, you know that guy is not going to Hollywood. Okay? They're, in, the, they're in, that, in that process right now where they, you know, right, they're doing the rehearsals and they, they come out and they start singing, you know, all by myself and you wish they were. And, uh, you know, and, you know at church, church worship idol rehearsals, you know, where they're singing, uh, you got it, we got suggestions for you. How about you sing in the sweet by and by? In other words, not right now, but a long time from now. Um, far, far away. Uh, their grandmother tells them they're good. She's the only one because she lies to him because she doesn't want to hurt little Eddie's feelings, right? You know they can't do this. There's no reality. They're not a singer. They're not gifted. They're not skilled. They, they, need, to, they need to get a job outside of the music industry probably, right? It, it, because it's a fantasy. Some of us, you know, we, we try to lay fantasy stuff and, and on God and blame it on God when it doesn't happen. Come on. It's got to have some reality, right? And, and a God-given dream is not intimidated by reality. It just incorporates reality into the fulfillment of that dream. God's got a plan. 
God's got a purpose for your life. And it's going to be real. And I know that a lot of you guys think, well, if I ask God, he's going to tell me to do stuff I don't want to do. No, he's not. He gives you the desires of your heart. Well, where's my car? You're looking at it wrong. He, he actually, if you ask him to, and you release him to, and you, you, and you get honest with God, the desires that you have, he birthed them. Well, I, I don't want to give up skateboarding. Well, th- maybe God wants you to take God to the skateboard park. You know, the thing that you desire, God's going to infuse you with the ability to succeed there and to carry God there. Come on. What are we afraid of? You remember the guys in the boat, and, and, and they're out in the middle of the storm, and Jesus is in the bottom of the boat, and they finally reach a point where it's like, maybe we should wake up Jesus. And, and you know, the back story, uh, you know, where, where Peter's like, you know, I'm going to go get Jesus up. And they go, John goes, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get him up, let's see how far off course we are. Because when you wake him up, he's going to see where we're at. See, and there's a lot of us that that's that we're so far off course, we don't want to get Jesus in the boat. Not right now. Hello? Well, no, right now is when you need him. Come on. Right, I said right now is when you need him because he'll get you back on course. Right? He'll get you reconnected to the very purpose that you were created to live. Hello? Now, now if you just, you just spit out there and you're just a blob and, you, and when you die, it, it ain't going to make any difference, then just step aside for a minute and let us with purpose and vision come in and make a difference. Because I believe that we are in, 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 uh, fused with energy, supernatural energy, to do God life and produce God life results. God's got a plan for your life. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, Where there is no vision... No redemptive revelation to God. People perish. Where there's no vision, people perish. Oh, now you're going to tell me if I don't get a vision, I'm going to perish. No. The people that your vision was going to be good for, they're going to perish. How come it's always about you? You know, ever stop to think about that? How come everything in life, I always make it about me? God said, no, if you don't have vision... See, the, 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 the purpose of your life, God anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost power to go about doing good, to give of himself for the betterment of his environment. Right? He's a good God. Why? Because he gives to improve your life. You're going about doing good. You've got Holy Ghost power to do good. But you're not, just, you're not doing good for yourself. You're doing good for others. Come on, hang with me. We're almost done. I'm not going to keep you all day. I'm hungry. Have some hope. There is an end in, in sight. But, but, but check it out, man. That if you don't understand God's vision for your life, other people hurt. They suffer. Not you. You stingy little thing. You know, how selfish can we get? Well, well I don't. Well, who cares? Look at everybody else. If you don't have a God-given dream, other people are going to suffer for it. In the Proverbs, it says, you know, a friend loveth at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. You're actually brought into existence for somebody else's hard time. Not to create it, to solve it. Huh? Think about this for just a minute. I could have been born to rescue you. You know, it's weird as you keep throwing life, you know, the, the little lifesaver thing out to the guy that's drowning and he's complaining about the color of the rope. You know, uh, because we're all, we're so crazy. We think this whole thing's about us where there's no vision. Others perish. It's others. But blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is, is the guy who keeps the law of God. How many of you like to be happy? 
The guy sitting next to you wishes you were. Right? You know, how many would like to be, you know, blessed? You bet blessed means position to win or succeed in any given situation. How many would like to be fortunate? Huh? Yeah, not everybody wants to be fortunate because, you know, we, we got this humble thing going on. And that's just a farce. But uh, it's a totally different message. But I'm just going to tear that one up someday. I can't wait to do a message on, uh, you know, I want to do a, a whole series on tipping cows. Cow tipping. Yeah, I want to do a series on cow tipping. And we're going to go tip religious cows. Huh? huh? Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, here, but uh, check it out. I, well, you know, fortunate means to, to be connected to a fortune. If you don't want to be fortunate, well, I'm, you know, I'm not into prosperity. Cool, because I want your fortune delivered to my house. Because I've found it's a lot easier to be happy with a fortune than without one. Right? Living to do good. I'm going to tell you something. Doing good is not free. You, you know, you, you want to provide, you know, a couple million meals this year. Well, it ain't gonna. It's not because you wanted to. It's because you paid for it. Right? So, you know, to be tied to a fortune, enviable, to be envied by others. Who's envied? The guy that didn't want his fortune and then he saw that you got it, he envies you. God's plan for your life, guys, is awesome. But, it, but it's about the others. See, we always forget that. We, we, well, I want to be happy. I want to be blessed. I want to be fortunate. I want to be enviable. Well, well you, know, you know why you are happy, blessed, fortunate? So that you can make the difference in the others so that they don't perish. So that you remove lack from their life, just like God's doing in yours. All of a sudden, you're godlike. <gasps> Think of that for just a minute. A bunch of Christians who act like Christ. That would be crazy. You know, where in any given situation, you have the ability to respond in a godlike fashion. Huh? Where you eradicate need in the lives of others. Where when you leave the room, there's no more lack in their life. How about you get a vision? Huh? How about you get a God dream? How, how, about you, how about you seek God and ask Him, what are you going to do in my life? And start, hey, how about this? It's almost Valentine's Day. If you don't engage in this year, before you know it, it's gone. I mean, last week we celebrated Christmas. Huh? Really, we just got the lights off the house. What, like Monday? We might take the tree out later this afternoon. <laughs> You know it's time to take the tree out when, when, when you shake it and it goes. <laughs> you know, if you don't hurry up, if you don't hurry up, the year's over. You know, you know what, you know what we're, we, we started talking to God about the church, you know, and, and God, what are you going to do this year? And, and, he, and he starts answering. It's crazy. You know, God wants to do it in your life. You know, the church, at the, at the end of December, we're running right around 500, 550. And, and well, what are we going to do this year? And God said, God just began to talk to us. And we're believing him that at, that at the end of this year, at the end of December, this year, we'll be over 1,000. That's what we're believing God for. You know, well, why? Cause, well, because vision causes you to look at where you're going, not at where you're at. Which, by the way, when you pull in the parking lot and them guys look like they're landing the aircraft, you know, and, and you're going, well, this is stupid. There's, a spa- there's tons of spaces over there. We're not looking at where we are. We're looking at where we're going. Right? Why? We're creating the habit of making room for others so it'll become a part of our character, which is going to tie us to the end result of increase. I don't believe that. Well, then park right in front of the door. Just back in there and get your fat, lazy self out and roll on in here. It's all right. We just believe that as you receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it'll change the way you think. And someday you'll go, I probably could move a space. 
Right? It's all right, but if you're wondering how come everybody else is on the other side of the planet, it's because we're, we're looking at where we're going. Why? Because God's given us vision. Because God's birthing a dream in us. And I'm telling you, we've been talking to God about you, and you need to hear what God has to say. Because he's got increase coming to you. His plan is to prosper you, to increase you, to, to make, to enlarge your borders. So, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get ready. I gotta tell you something, one of the most frustrating parts of life, you know, really for me, is the times that I knew God was up to stuff, but you know, I was a little too busy. And then, and, and then it came, and it went. And I didn't have the character to sustain it. You know, the enemy, if he cannot prevent you, he will promote you. If he can't li- get you to live in poverty, he'll give you just enough prosperity that you don't have the character to handle that prosperity. And that prosperity will destroy you. So you've got to get ready for what God's going to do. You know, think about it. If the enemy can't prevent you, he will promote you. If he, if, if he can't keep you from speaking... You know, if he, if he can, if, if he can't, you know, he, he wants to rob your voice, right? Because your voice matters. Your, your words matter, man. You got, you got power and you got creative force in your voice. So he wants to keep you silent. But if he can't keep you silent, he'll just get you loud with all the wrong stuff. And if you don't have the character, you just go around spouting off stuff and you think you're smart. No, you're just loud. You know, smart until you agree with God. You need to get a vision. I, I, I want to give you three easy steps, okay? Because if you ask him, you know, if you ask him, look at Habakkuk. Look at your neighbor and say, Habakkuk. No, look at your neighbor and say, Habakkuk. Now look back and say, excuse you, <laughs> Habakkuk. Okay. Habakkuk 2, right? The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Engrave it so plainly on tablets that everyone who passes might be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. God's not trying to hide it. He's trying to reveal it. Look at the next verse. He said, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end, to the end, to the end. It's going to the end. It's going to the end. God's word paints a picture on the canvas of your heart. Okay? Uh, My children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. Well, it don't look like they're doing too well right now. It's because we must be in the middle, not at the end. Right? So it's going to the end, to the fulfillment, to the fulfillment. Right? Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to you, but the end is messed up. Well, stop focusing on the way, focus on the end. Let God direct the way. And it'll get to the end, the place where the vision's going to come. Look, look, though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behindhand on its appointed day. I'm telling you, the promises of God are yes and amen. I said the promises of God are yes and amen. You know, you know what that means? Is that any one of them you want to pull out of the book, it, when, you, when you spend time in the Word of God and you find that promise, you lock onto that promise, and, and you, you allow that promise, you breathe life into it and it breathes life into you, you can have anyone you want. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. What He's done for one, He'll do for another. So if God's healed that guy, then He'll heal me. If God's, you know, healed their relationship, he'll give us wisdom and, and we'll have strength and the ability to, to, to see health and life flow into our. God's not a respecter of persons. So if you stand there and you believe it and you, you act on it and you, you have faith in it, all of a sudden, guess what's going to happen? It's going to, it'll, it'll come. It'll come. So you need to talk to God. You need to realize you can hear God. God's not, you know, it's not, well, I'm afraid of people who hear from God. I'm afraid of people who don't. 
Okay, you need to hear from God. What's God saying to you? What, what's the word of God? What's the picture that God's painting on the canvas of your heart? And I want to give you three easy steps to produce the promises of God. Okay, they're really easy on paper. Might be a little bit more difficult in life, but they're they're really easy on paper. Okay, and so I hope you're taking notes because if you're not, then you're going to have to get a CD, and the CDs are ninety nine ninety five today. Okay, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> okay, step number one. Step number one: count the cost. Look at somebody say, count the cost. L- listen. You got, you got to count the cost. That a, a God dream, a God given vision, a God given destiny, a purpose in life, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Look at Luke. Uh, don't begin until you count the cost. Don't begin until you count the cost. You know, here again, some of the crazy, stupid stuff I've done in life started stuff before I actually counted the cost. And then you get into it a few days and you realize, shoot. I don't want to do this no more. Why? Because, well, I, I, I just didn't stop to think about it. Right? Remember, remember, you know, come on, ladies. Remember when you, when, 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 when you're a little girl and, oh, I want a puppy, I want a puppy, I want a puppy, I want a puppy, I want a puppy. Then you get a puppy and, and there's poop. <laughs> they don't like puppies no more. And then you grow older, you think you'd learn, but you grow older and you go, oh, I want a boy, I want a boy, I want a boy, I want a boy. And then there's poop. <laughs> come on now. You know, how about you guys? You know, I, I want a car. I, I need that car. I got to have the car. It's got to have that car. And then comes the payment book. And it don't even fit in a trunk. You know, and, you know, you get all this stuff that we, and we never stop to count the cost. And he said, which of you who are intending to build a tower wouldn't first sit down and make sure he's got enough money to finish it? Because if, if you only built the foundation, you couldn't finish it. Other people are going to come by and they're going to laugh at you. Why? Because you weren't even smart enough to count the cost. You know, in your notes, you got one, count the cost. Subpoint A, under, under point one, A, it will cost you. Living for God, living God life, getting the, the result that God's cr- called you for, created you, it's going to cost you. I know, we're, I know we're supposed to tell you that, that, well, you know, it's free. No, it isn't. It's going to cost you. you. That's why so many people don't actually connect with real destiny. They don't know real fulfillment because they won't pay the price. You're taking a stand for healing. I, I kind of feel sorry for people that are told, you know, they got cancer when, when they got a bunch of Christian friends that, that won't take a stand and believe God for healing. You know, it kind of makes you nervous when you come home from the doctor and you say, well, the doc says I've, you know, I'm kind of in trouble here physically. And, and you hear your friends kind of rustling around. They walk back in the room and say, well, how long you got? They got a shovel in their hand. They, you know, they're just ready to bury you and comfort you. want to comfort you. No, you need somebody that can take the word of God and say, hey, the Bible says I will not die but live and declare the goodness of my king. He sent his word and healed them. And we're going to stand in faith and believe in healing. Well, that, well you know, it's going to cost you. I'll tell you what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your ability to agree with people who don't have any faith. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you the ability to enable your children. When you, you know, you're standing there believing all my children are taught the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. And it's going to cost you the ability to enable them to continue to live stupid when you know God's called them to live in wisdom. Oh, you're preaching good now. Thank you. Amen. Bless you. It's going to cost you this God thing has a price. You don't think it costs? Ask Jesus.
Well, you know, in today's society, they don't like to, a lot of these statements that you're making. Oh, well. You know, the reality is, is that, again, I'm not called to fit in, called to stand out. Got to make a difference. Amen? Got to make a difference. Got to make a difference. Ready for step two? Yeah, give me step two. Step number one, count the cost. Step number two, take the first step. You got to engage. Got to get busy right where you're at. Right where you're at. Psalms 37, uh, 23, right? It says, the steps of a good man. What's that? That's the steps of a man who does good. Right? If you, you got Holy Ghost power on you so you can go about doing good. So that makes you a good man, right? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. They're directed of God. They're established by God. The steps, right where you are, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get busy. Well, I'm waiting. Quit waiting. You gotta start now. You gotta engage now. Get in the stinking game. Well, God's gotta do some things. No, you've got to do some things. Well, God is in control. Only in areas that you are totally yielded to Him. Because if you're not yielded to Him, then He's not in control. You know what's crazy is, is that we got this psalm, and everybody knows that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohi. That's his name. This, he, he's the shepherd. That means he dictates my steps. I shall not want. That's Jehovah Jireh. He provides all my There's no lack. Okay, everybody wants Jireh, but they don't want Rohi. Well, Rohi's first. If he's not the shepherd, then he doesn't have to be the provision. Because he doesn't provide for what you want. He provides for what he directs. Right? So when God guides, God provides. Well, yeah, but that, that means that when you take control, you better have a checkbook. Hello? So you you, you got to be directed by God. And, and you got to surrender to his input. And then you got to do what he said. Ephesians, uh, what is it, 3.10 or something. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God can blow your mind if you'll do something and watch him put his super on your natural. But if you're sitting around waiting for God to do it, you're going to wait a long time. You're going to be very disappointed. Let's just sit in the room and ask God to, to, you know, to bring salvation knowledge to the tri-cities. We won't even know when it happens because we'll be in the room praying. Now, we, we need to pray. But then we actually got to go out to the streets and take the goodness of God and the love of God and the life of God. And we got to demonstrate the, you know, the, the power of God out there on the streets. Right? You got to do it. You got to take some steps. So, you know, it's going to cost you. But, but you got you to then, you know, you, you count the cost. And you realize, okay, this is going to cost me. And now what do I do? I get busy right where I'm at. I got to believe that every step is important. Every step right where, this is important. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. Right. Could it be called a test? Yes, that's what it is, a test. Well, then pass it. Remember, remember when we were kids and we went to first grade? And then when you're done with first grade, what do they do? They put you in second grade. And when you're done with second grade, what happened? You went to third grade. Remember, when is it that you know, they have that little graduation thing? And they get to go to middle school. 
Now, they had the graduation, right? We, when is that? Like fifth grade or something? And, and they, they got all these graduation little kids coming out with a cat in the gown. And, <laughs> and they got Remember the seventh grade, Kevin? Kevin loved the seventh grade. Eight years he spent in the seventh grade. He loved it. And, and it was awesome. But, be, until, but until you graduate, they don't move you on, right? In other words, you've got to master your current level in order to move to the next one. Because if you, because if you don't master your current level... Your old, your old character will pull you down. Even, even if you get promoted somehow, you sneak through, right? After seven years, she just couldn't take it anymore. Get him out of here. But it wasn't long until he was back doing seventh grade work. Because you gotta master it. You gotta test. You gotta pass the test to graduate. Some of us are in tests. Okay, pass it. How many, and don't respond, you don't have to lift your hand, but how many of you or your kids, when it comes time to take the, remember the written test for the, for your driver's permit? Take the written test, and it, like nine times, <laughs> and, and and you ask him what's going on, and it, it, I I failed the stupid test. Look, if you're gonna fail a test, you ought not fail the stupid test. <laughs> okay, I just want to share some stuff with you. Okay, if you're gonna fail, fail the genius test. <laughs> Don't fail the stupid test. Well, I I can't pass the stupid test. Have you read the stupid book? Okay. Because if you read the stupid book, you could pass the stupid test. Right? So as soon as you read the stupid book, it's like 19 pages. Ooh. It's got pictures. And, and, you know, and it's the size of a postcard. You can do it. And, 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 you know, you read the stupid book, you pass the stupid test, and you get the stupid license. Right? Well, I've struggled with this test. How about you read the book? How about you get in the book and find the answer so you can pass the test so you can graduate? Is it possible that the length of your storm is a testimony of the level of your stubbornness? Hmm. Did I give him step three yet? <laughs> I should hurry. Step three, run for the door. No. Okay, step, step one. Step one, count the cost. Step two, take the first step. Step three, follow through. Endure. Keep going. Keep going. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. It says... Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you might perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Doesn't that last part sound good? That you would receive, carry away, and enjoy to the full the promises of God. Isn't that awesome? That you would receive and carry away and enjoy to the full the promises of God. Well, that sounds good, but you got to read, you know, back back up a little bit because it says you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. Patience is not the ability to wait a really, really, really long time. Patience is the ability to remain the same from the beginning to the end. Okay, that's what patience is: the ability to not change. Don't change. You have need of patience. I know what you think you need. I need a new, a, a new car, a new house, a new spouse, a new job. No, you need patience. You need to quit changing. You need to quit letting the circumstance dictate what, you know, your, your confidence, your faith. Don't fling away. Look at, look, look at verse 35. Don't fling away your fearless confidence. First question is, how's your confidence? Fearless? You know, what's fearless confidence? Well, you've got to understand what confidence is. L- listen to this word, confidence. This is a great word. 
Confidence, it's the Greek word, P-A-R-R-E-S-I-A. It means freedom in speech, bold confession, unreserved speech without ambiguity, free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage, and absolute assurance. It means that your confession is insanely bold. Why? Because it's lined up with God's word. It's your con- Okay, Hebrews 11. I've got to do this quick because I'm done. I'm, I'm not finished. I'm just done. Okay, out of time. But Hebrews 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the, that word literally means the foundation. Faith is the foundation on which we stand. Romans ten seventeen says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How do I get faith? How do I get the, how, how do I get the, the, uh, uh, the foundation to build my life on but the word of God faith cometh by hearing hearing by the word of God So I hear the word of God it builds a foundation that I can stand on okay And and and, and because it's God's word. I've got confidence now. I boldly confess what God's word speaks I'm saying the same thing as God Okay, basically I'm not changing. I'm not changing what God said because of my situation I'm waiting for what God said to change my situation I'm not taking my belief systems and allowing them to be shaped by my experiences, but I'm taking my belief systems and allowing them time to shape everything else. You with me? Survivor. You watch that show? They have those, they have those things, you know, the, 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 the uh, contest. Uh, and and uh, they got this little pole, and it's sticking up out of the water, right, out, out of the ocean, and there's this little thing there. What is it, six inches or eight inches by eight inches, you know? And they're standing there. It's easy. Uh, you know, the last guy standing wins. So they get up there on that thing, and they get they, they got that little platform, that little, and, that, and that's the the piece they're standing on. And, and it's not too bad at the beginning because you know it's early in the day and it's not too hot. But pretty soon the clouds break and the sun starts coming through, and they're sweating, and the wind picks up, and the waves are starting to come. Tides changing, there's poles swiveling around out there, and they got that little thing, and they begin one by one, they begin to drop. Well, wait a minute, you know, a lot of us see we're standing on, and we got we got some word. We just got we got like that little platform that that's our foundation. We got a little little chunk of word. But wait a minute. What if you took God's word and you increased the level, the size of the platform, your 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 the size of your foundation? What if I could take the platform out there, and my pole's sticking up, and I'm I'm six feet, eight feet out of the water, but I got the platform to stand on. What do you think my confidence is going to be? Fearless. Fearless. And and here's what he's saying is, don't fling away your fearless confidence. Well, fling away. What do you mean, fling away? Matthew 12, 35. The good man from the good treasure's heart flings forth good things. The evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. Well, fling, what is that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You're a flinger. You're a flinger. You're, 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 You're spewing stuff. And it's either good or it's evil. It's either making the environment better or it's making it unhealthy. It's either agreeing with the Word of God or it's contrary to God's system of logic. See, if I was out there and in a contest for my life and, and, and I had the platform, but I started, you know, I broke out a chainsaw and I started whacking off chunks of my foundation, you'd think, that's odd. But when I got down to where I only had this little teeny piece left, you'd say, that's insane. And that's what a lot of believers do, is that they start cutting away their confidence, their foundation that they built their life on. They built their life on the Word of God. But then situations come up, and they begin to back off of agreement with the Word of God, and they begin to change their confession. 
because they don't want to be abusive and they don't, you know, and I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want to, and, and I, you know, I don't want to stir up the wall. I'm trying to fit in here. And what you're doing is you're having, you're, you're having the foundation that you're standing on cut away and, you, and, and you're flinging away your fearless confidence. See, had you just remained the same from the beginning to the end, had you not changed your confession, had you not decided to disagree with God, you would have got to the end. And at the end is where the fulfillment of his promise is at. But because you cut yourself down so where you only had, then, then all it took was one more just a little shake and you fell off. And you weren't, you never made it to the end. You gotta count the cost. It's gonna cost you something to live God life. It's gonna be moments when you don't think you can afford it. But my God shall supply all your needs. I'm, Ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. I can pay for this. And you gotta get busy. And you gotta start taking that step. And you gotta quit waiting. And you gotta get engaged right now. And you gotta start boldly confessing, this is what God says. I said, this is what God says. And I'm gonna begin to confess it right now at the top of my lungs. Well, people are gonna mock you. No, they're gonna mock, they, they, they're gonna mock me when, when, if I don't finish. Did you, did you read that verse? Count the, before you begin, count the cost so that when you get to the end, no one's laughing at you. See, if you don't count the cost and you don't start, you're worried about them. Man, I tell you, here's the deal. Ain't nobody going to be laughing when we reach the end. So you got to count the cost and you got to take the step and you got to keep going. You got to quit caving in and giving up and backing down and changing who you are in the middle of course. Well, we're being confronted. That's hell's only response to a move of God in your life. It's opposition. But I'm standing on the promise. All my children will be taught of the Lord. And it don't look like they're going. Well, then we're in the middle. I'm not changing my confession in the middle to accommodate their lifestyle. I'm standing on this platform till we reach the end. Well, yeah, but they're saying, I don't care. They're going to change I'll never change. Yeah, you want to make a bet? There's a dude in the Bible. Remember him? He went around killing Christians. Had a little encounter with God. Ended up writing what a whole bunch of the book. Man, I ain't giving up till we reach the end. I'm not giving up. You know, one of the things I'm so thankful for in my family, my childhood was a little different than most. My dad, my, my, my dad and mom, they made decisions for us. <laughs> you know, and they decided what we did when we did it how we did it and as long as we did it and we just kind of grew up there but i tell you something it, it impacted my life so thankful mom for the way that you raised us there's so many times i wanted my way but they said no get in the car where are we going church i don't want to get in the car now i'm thankful thank you you know my, my dad we, we didn't get to do a whole lot of sports you know as kids because we were busy we we're on the road we were traveling we had the tent setting up the tent doing Meetings. And, uh, uh, and I remember one time I begged my dad, please, please, can I play baseball? I want to be a baseball star. I, I want to hit the ball. I want to, I want to play baseball. And he said, fine, sign up. So I signed up and joined the team. I didn't realize at that point that I'd never get to play in a game. Because our lifestyle didn't change. I just got to join the team. Well, it didn't take long for me before I realized, well, I'm never going to get to play in a team. I quit. My dad said, you don't quit. I said, yeah, I do. I'm quitting. Because, you know, I don't, I don't actually get to play. And he said, so what? You join the team. But I wanted to, well, see, I hadn't counted the cost. I, I, I want to quit now. And he said, you're not quitting. You're never quitting anything you start, not as long as you live in my house. You're not a quitter. I said, I'm not a player either. 
Now, there aren't very many things in my life that I'll quit. You know, guess what? I'm thankful. Because when you get to the end, all of a sudden, there's the protection of that promise. There are seasons in my life where I had some messed up thinking. I ran around with gospel music groups all over the country playing music. As soon as the curtain dropped, I pulled the bottle out of the back of the amplifier. I was living like a heathen. What was crazy is in them church services, they had me do the altar call because I was good at it. I wasn't even living for God. I didn't even believe in God. I didn't even like God. And I hated Christians. Now look where we're at. You want to know why? Because my mom and dad wouldn't shift. They wouldn't change. They would not change their confession. They didn't, they didn't change their confession to align with my lifestyle. I got news for you. I don't know where you're headed, but I tell you this much. If you keep going, you're going to get to where God wants you. Don't, don't you back down now. Don't you, cha- don't you change your confession now. Amen. Bow your head. Close your book. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is life to those that find them health and healing to their entire house. Thank you for your word. Father, we we, we thank you for revealing to us your plan, your purpose, your vision for our life. Paint on the canvas of our heart a picture so clear that we can see it. Thank you, Father, that you have a purpose for us that's bigger than ourselves, and you're going to use us to change the lives of multitudes. We give you glory for it. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, let me ask you one more question. I want to pray together before we leave here. If you're here today and your life is not connected to God life, you're not living for Jesus. You're ready to receive a real relationship with a living God. If that's you, make this your prayer. Not going to call you out, not going to embarrass you, but if you're here today and say, you know what, Tom, I want God in my life in a new, real way. I'm making this my prayer. Hold your hand up real quick. Let me see it. Just lift it up. No one's looking around. Just lift your hand up. Say, that's me. Thank you. You can put it down. That's awesome. Anybody else? Just lift your hand up and say, yep, that's me. I I want this life that God offers. I'm ready for the love of God to change my life. I'm ready. It's awesome. Anybody else? Real quick, we're going to pray. Real quick. Everybody in the room, say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. Come into my life and change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, give God one more big hand.